This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and today I am joined by a good friend of mine, a good friend of the podcast. You know her from Bravo Historian, and now she's also a fellow content manager at Betches. Please welcome Samantha Bush. Hi, Sam. Hi, I'm officially a Betch. Yes, you are. I, I feel like it's like a long time coming, you know, and now it's official. And so I get to drag you onto this podcast whenever I feel like it. And I you know, and that's contractually great. cannot say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love it. You know, I love to chat. The best thing about having coworkers who watch Bravo is that I'm like, hey, like any chance you would want to come on the podcast? And they're like, yeah, 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 when? <laughs> like, great, yeah, thank you. The, the easiest best. guest booking possible. Um, but we do have a lot to talk about today because not only are the Beverly Hills ladies finally in Aspen, but oh. we also have the Salt Lake City season three trailer, which it's a doozy. It's a doozy of a trailer. I still am like, where the fuck is Potomac? The fact that we got Salt Lake City before Potomac, I'm like, I know the order of things is out of whack. Like, get us, uh, get us the Potomac ladies. <laughs> I think the reason this is just like my like conspiracy theory. The reason why they pushed maybe Salt Lake City up is because Jen Shaw's like trial or something is in November, so they were like, we got to get this like going right now. I but I don't know. I want my Karen Huger. Right. Like, I'm not the kind of person who is, like, texting, trying to get, like, behind-the-scenes info whenever I can. Like, honestly, that stresses me out. So, like, I don't know, like, like, when the trailer was, like, scheduled to drop or if they moved a premiere date, like, that I don't really care. But, like, I am curious, with Jen taking her guilty plea, like, her big trial was supposed to start in July, and I imagine that would have been, like, would they have started filming season four ahead of time? Would they have tried to, like, tack it on to the end of season three? It's hard to know. And it looks like this new season basically will end with her pleading guilty. And then, like you said, her sentencing is in the fall. So it's like maybe they're premiering it as quickly as they could so that then they can sort of, like, start filming for season four before she gets sentenced. Or maybe we'll get, like, a Jen goes to jail special. I don't know. But I'm (laughs) Jen goes to jail that would be amazing uh, because there's something like with Teresa going to prison, like devastating, so sad, like, but there's something like kind of funny about Jen Shaw. Like I just, I find her to be really charismatic and like interesting. So like the fact that this woman, this crazy little spitfire woman is like possibly going to prison is really crazy it's really entertaining right like with Teresa it was like the 
sad conclusion of a chapter that we had all watched unfold. Whereas Mm -hmm. with Jen, it's a little bit more like, yes, mama, prison time. Like, (laughs) it feels like (laughs) it feels like she should have like an extravaganza farewell, like a farewell send off palooza. Yeah, (laughs) like Like a bond. It feels like she's going to. She's going to spend like a million dollars on a like goodbye Jen party and then just, but also like she could go to jail for like, she could go to jail for like several years. Whereas with Mm -hmm. Teresa, it was like, okay, she'll be back in 10 months and then we will resume filming the show. We have, Mm -hmm. I think, assuming Jen gets the kind of sentence that it seems like she likely will, she -hmm. probably will never be on Housewives again. Like it's, there is kind of more of an expiration date. Whereas with Teresa, it was like, okay, she will be back. She will be back. And with Teresa, there was the Joe of it all, too, like where it was like you felt like Teresa was just kind of being like led astray by her own husband. Whereas with Jen Shaw, she was kind of a criminal mastermind. And just the at just how adamant she was that she was innocent. And then all of a sudden at the very end, it's like, I'm guilty, actually. It's crazy. Right. And as we see in the season three trailer, Jen Shaw was clearly led astray by Stuart Smith. And it's all his fault. And if he (laughs) hadn't fucked her over, she wouldn't be in this position. And it actually is even just the trailer. So I'm sure the season is going to be even weirder. But watching all of this, like mental gymnastics that she's doing to explain how she's not guilty, when we know that at the end of the day, she took the plea and pleaded guilty. It really is like, it feels like you're watching like a sociopath at work because it's like, we know now that you admitted it, even if we already like pretty kind of allegedly knew you did it at the Mm -hmm. time, knowing for a fact that you ended up admitting to it and then watching the lengths you go to, to, to try and convince everyone to, you know, to remove everyone who doubted you from your life. And it's like, those people were all right. And you were the one you were the one playing everyone and like i'm i'm not looking forward to seeing meredith get sucked back into jen's orbit because like meredith last season was the one that we could kind of count on to be like asking the tough questions and now it's like now she's like i don't know anything about jennifer shaw's guilt <laughs> and it's like wh- wh- why <laughs> I know. It's one of those things because I remember the day before Jen Shaw changed her plea, Meredith Marks had posted like innocent till proven guilty, like this, that, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, it's like, ooh, that's all changed. Right. And like thinking back to last season and then the reunion, like Meredith and Jen could barely even speak to each other, let alone like have any kind of friendship, support for each other. And so that's one thing with Salt Lake City. We're getting into season three. We've known these women for a minute now. Seeing how drastically their relationships change from season to season, even within seasons, that is kind of... There aren't a lot of shows where it's just like, feels like a total toss-up, like who's going to be besties this year. And I, mm-hmm. I, it, it's like exciting, but at the same time, it makes you kind of question like, are any of these women real friends outside of the context of the show. No, none of them are. And the thing is, I'm excited for the cousin on cousin crime. We're going to see some, Mm. some, you know, beef with Whitney and Heather. I mean, that black eye, Dylan, she got popped. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that wasn't just like a little, like, like a little 
Like that <laughs> eye was like black, like purple, swollen <laughs> shut. It was a shock when she took those glasses off. I was like, <gasps> I I gasped. Right. That's when you're like, no, I I I cannot take the glasses off. I physically cannot and will not, and you shouldn't want me to because it's not a good situation under there. And against like her pale skin, just like so blue. It was so, so bad. I am also really excited to dig more into the idea of Lisa Barlow doing sexual favors to try and get places to carry Vita Tequila, which to me, let's be honest, sounds like a 100% made up storyline, but I'm still excited to talk about it because it's just, it's like so ridiculous. It's like, it's like the very first season when, you know, Mary said that Jen smelled like hospital. Like it's just these like funny, weird, absurd fights and storylines and rumors that like make me like Salt Lake City. Um, I gotta be honest. I was nervous for the third season just because last season was kind of like, Eh, to me at times I couldn't I never knew what the fuck was going on I every episode I was like what's happening now like it was just it, this show was crazy this show these women are bananas totally and I think it says a lot that we now have just five housewives this season and it's the five OGs that are still in the cast obviously Jenny and Mary left after last season but I am curious so they have Three friends of this season, Angie, who we Angie Harrington, who we saw last year, another Angie because Utah things, Utah, and then this this woman, this woman Dana, and I, I do have a little bit of concern about the fact that it seems like with Salt Lake City, after the original cast, which I think is very strong, it seems like they've really struggled with casting new women because last season. Jenny Jenny had her moments, but then obviously was not fit to be on the show and was yeah, right. fired after those Facebook statuses. And then, I mean, Angie Harrington, it seemed like was kind of intended to be more on the show last season. That didn't really go anywhere. And then this year, like, it feels like they're having a little bit of like New Jersey last couple of seasons vibes mm-hmm. where they keep bringing around these new women and nothing quite clicks enough for them to be a full-time housewife and that does make me nervous because like if you if we want this to be a show that runs for 10 seasons or something and is like an iconic housewives franchise like you have to be able to to find new people and i'm like mm-hmm. are these women in utah not not gonna bring it in the way that we need because like if you can't cast one new housewife like you're gonna be in trouble sooner or later i know and The thing with Angie Harrington, like she came in hot last season and then we just I feel like we just never saw her again. And now she's back. And that really surprises me because I'm like, in what capacity will Angie Harrington bring something to the table? But I guess we'll see. Um, I do have to say the cast photo. Everyone looks great. Yes, I was so excited that they got a new cast photo. I was nervous because the housewives are just the five OGs. I'm like, okay, so they just get to recycle those photos again. There's no new no new women. But thankfully, everybody looks a little fresher. You know, you can tell that they've all been on TV for a couple years. They're mm-hmm. like a little more polished. A little more polished. Whit- Whitney got those crimped hair extensions out of there. Finally, <laughs> really happy for her about that. It sort of looks like she gave them to Heather, but 
That's okay. <laughs> Lisa looks great. Lisa looks phenomenal. Meredith looks great. Jen is giving a, the the like illusion mesh neckline to me could have been matched better with the skin tone, but you know, there she's on a budget these days. Yeah. Um so you can't be too mad about it. <laughs> yeah. I I just think that I'm excited for this know. season cuz I felt like there was a lot happening in the in the trailer. Like it wasn't just w- focused on one fight or just on Jen. It was like Lisa might be sucking dick to give Vita tequila in in stores. Like Whitney's got personal issues going on. Heather got punched in the face. Like there's a lot happening. Right. Yeah. Like you said, trouble within bad weather. Meredith is mad at Whitney. It looks like this newbie Dana brings something about an informant with Jen's former employee. Yeah. There is definitely like enough going on in the trailer that I am really like fully just excited for this season and I hope it lives up and we only have to wait Less than a month. Oh my god, it's September first. We ha- we only have to wait like four weeks to watch this. What is time? What is, uh, the fact that it's September first? I'm truly sick over that. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. 
I am glad that they're moving to to Wednesday this year because I feel like the Potomac ladies are going to need Sunday, mm-hmm. and I don't need all of the Housewives programming being like double booked on the same night again that stresses no, me out so hard remember when salt lake city first came out it came out on at 10 p.m on a wednesday i was like i'm exhausted oh jesus we can't do those we can never go back to that 10 p.m thing I it's too much <laughs> I, I refuse i refuse i was truly fighting for my life <laughs> i would literally be like okay so i would like finish my work day be like uh, you know if a show is on at eight or even at nine it's like Okay, I'll eat dinner. I'll go for a walk. I'll, I'll, you know, maybe watch a different show that's not Bravo for a little bit, and then it's like, okay, it's time for my thing, for my appointment viewing, my hour <laughs> that I'm gonna like sit and tweet my little tweets, and then mm-hmm. I'll be like kind of ready for bed. And it's like when waiting until 10 p.m. it throws the whole routine out of whack. It's like I, so I have to be ready for bed before this episode starts, so that I watch it in bed. Mm-hmm. And then it's 11 p.m. And then I'm like, I have like an adrenaline high from mm-hmm. watching these women yell at each other. And I'm like, am I supposed to like pop a pill so that I can sleep? Because it, this is truly just like eaten into my it was, self-care evening. It was really bad. It was really hard. And it wasn't even like during summer where it was like maybe still light out at like nine o'clock. Like it was nine. It was dark at 5 p.m. You and I are in the north. Like we're struggling. We were struggling. That's such a good point. It literally, it, it was in the it winter. It like gets dark at 5 p.m. The fact it should not be getting dark five hours before a Housewives episode is on. <laughs> that Andy, please. And then please. Watch What Happens Live is on at 11. I know. Like, no. No. We, we were hard. Like, it was, we were down bad. I feel like we're talking, we're reminiscing like about this, like it was like the fucking Oregon Trail and people were dying of cholera. I'm like, yeah, it was rough times. We were struggling for our lives. <laughs> we were streaming from our cozy beds. <laughs> like I had to be, I had to work from bed for an hour at night. The pioneers simply would not know what hit them. Uh, no. no, they'd be disgusted. <laughs> okay, Sam, let's talk about Beverly Hills because after oh, about boy. nine months of okay. anticipation and chatter and headaches and nightmares, we have yeah. finally arrived in Aspen. And we, I mean, this episode isn't really like the the Aspen part of Aspen that we've all been talking about. Like that's coming uh, a little bit later, but just the fact that we have arrived at Kyle's tiny four bedroom house, we're we're there. It's happening. We're there. We're fucking there. I don't get why Mauricio was there. Very confused. Um, but whatever, he's there. Um, yeah, I mean, I have been fucking waiting for this. I don't understand why we didn't get this episode sooner. Like, I feel like we could have cut out some not so interesting parts of certain episodes that I was like, okay. Um, and just gotten straight to Aspen. Um, that house is, I'm claustrophobic. I would die. (laughs) Also, it's hideous. The outside of the house, house, it looks like Giselle's house. It's, there's, it's literally split in half. There's two different side siding. And granted, okay, 
this is also to say I am not a wealthy person. God bless them for being able to afford a beautiful home in Aspen as I am in a one-bedroom apartment in Detroit. So know thyself. (laughs) But listen, the house is disgusting. And the fact that Kathy Hilton is staying in a bunk bed was truly... That was a lot. Like watching her shuffle in with those little slippers and she's just like, oh, I'll go up the steps. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's tiny. <laughs> it's tiny house. Yeah. And like, it, yeah, it's like you plopped Giselle's house down in the middle of a mountain. And like, I know that they're being there. Like the real estate is very expensive. I'm mm-hmm. sure. It's like the women in Dubai at the beginning of the season when they're like, just remember when you see our houses that here it costs so much to even have a house. And it's like, okay, like, uh, like, I, like I wasn't calling you broke. Like, I just yeah, thought your house liter- was like a little tacky. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it's like Heather DeBro's house. I think her house is truly hideous. Like, it is interesting that in the Bravo community, it feels like we're expected to just like worship Heather's home. And it's like, yes, it's like, it's like stunning in a way. But that way is not like physically. <laughs> no, no, it's stunning in the way it has that like inner beauty. Yeah, it's stunning in a way where everything's just really expensive. Like where I'm just like, wow, everything here is like the ice cubes probably cost more than my couch. Like it's a lot, but like it's still hideous, and that's how I felt about Kyle's house. I was so happy for Garcelle, Cherie, and Crystal to be like in the other house. In that rental. Yeah, I don't, at this, and Dorit, you know, Dorit's in the rental too, which is oh, the whole Dorit. thing because she's like, she's like, you know, I, PK, I think just for this once, it makes sense for me not to be in the house with Kyle. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's devastated. She's like, she's, she's like, you devastated. know, has really been going through it and Rina's really been going through it. And, you know, Kathy needs to stay in the house. And she's like, she's like explaining to herself why it makes sense for her to not be in the house with Kyle. But you can tell she feels like she's been put on like the B team. And it's like, no, girl, this this team is the way, you know, Sutton and Garcelle are there. We love Cherie right now. You're Crystal. You know, like nobody in this house is actually having a bad season. No, every that's what I was thinking when they were all strutting in the house. I was like. This is the fun house. Like, this is the house that you want to be in. You don't want to be in that sweat lodge with Erica and Rinna. You know, Mauricio's <laughs> making cold corn. Like, that... Uh, no. No, no, no. Right. Mauricio's, like, in your business 24-7. Erica's probably, like, passed out on the couch. Rinna is either crying or making you do a TikTok with her. Like, yeah. this house is not actually, like... The place no. to be. Kathy is on the couch with her, um, with her iPad that has like the label maker sticker on the back of it. Like, this house is not like a soothing place to hang out. She brought the dog. Like, also, like Kyle has like seven dogs. Like, why are you just bringing one she to Aspen? Like, only loves this dog. I swear to God. If you can leave all the other dogs at home, you can leave this one at home. I say this as somebody, I'm not a pet owner. I know that people who have pets might feel differently. Sam, I know you have pets, so check me if I need to be checked. But like, it okay, if you have one dog and you are like bringing the dog on the trip with you, to me, that kind of makes sense. But like, if you have seven dogs and you are able to like procure care for the rest of the dogs, mm-hmm. leave the other dog. Like, we don't need 
a German shepherd just like in the house. Like that's not like a requirement of this trip. And while we're at it, Mauricio didn't need to come to Aspen. You already mentioned it. I think it's weird. I Okay. So like he says that he, it's because he's not going to miss the great skiing conditions, which like, okay, whatever. But also I'm wondering if it's kind of like an agency thing because Kyle mentions like the agency got them the house. And also mm-hmm. he pulled the same shit on girls trip season one when they were in Turks and Caicos and like the agency got them this villa. And so Mauricio like came and said hi. And it's like, does he have some like stipulation in his contract that like if the agency is getting name dropped on a trip, like he has to be allowed to come because uh, thinking about on some of these other cities, like on Atlanta, if if Todd, by some grace of God, had like paid for something <laughs> yeah. on the trip and he mm-hmm. like showed up just to like say hi, the other woman would have a fucking fit. They would be like, what the fuck is he doing here? Get him <laughs> out. Like, I mean, think of even in New York, like when Reed showed up um, in St. Bart's, they were like, this changes everything. This changes everything. I'm like, it does. Having a man like, in, the, in the presence like, changes everything. I do love the way these women, especially on Atlanta, the last couple seasons, really keep score where they're like, I didn't know we were allowed to bring our kids. Did anybody else, was anybody else asked if they wanted to bring the kids? Nope. Okay, Kenya, wrong. And then it's like when, when Sonya's like planning a couple's trip and she tells Kenya and Kenya's like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I was, I was ambushed. I was set up. This isn't supposed to be for couples. This is supposed to be for us. Like, I love that they care because that's a normal thing to care about where you're like, well, I don't want to be the only one on the trip without a date. Like, that's right. real. Yeah, that's a real thing. And, like, just Mauricio, I feel like in the last couple of years with the whole, like, him being, like, you know, high at dinner, like, people are really, like, enjoying him. But it's, like, we're enjoying him only a little bit. I'm not enjoying him to the point where, like, I need him on the jet with the girls and the dog. No. Right. Like, he should be barbecuing for the ladies when they're over at their home in Encino. He shouldn't be, like, flying to the trip. And, like, PK's also there. You know, like, there's, like, people for him to, to, like, hang out with. I don't need to see, you know, Mauricio bumbling around the the barbecue. And he's not even, like, making good barbecue. Kathy was like, this corn is not cooked. The corn is not cooked. It's the the steak looked overcooked. We should have given some of that, you know, those grill marks to the corn. Um, I don't know. I I can't talk about Mauricio anymore. But let's let's rewind. Let's rewind a little bit before we go on this trip. I thought it was really interesting to see Garcelle and Diana, um, you know, chatting just with each other this episode. I didn't expect that, and especially you know, in light of recent events, it's a little bit. unfortunate to watch that you know diana's talking again about how she doesn't know garcelle outside of her friendship with sutton which i still don't really understand but you know garcelle's like saying she's going to give diana more of a chance and they Mm -hmm. you know kind of end on a nice note and it's like well this feels this feels shitty now i've also never been more confused by a woman saying that her shirt is on backwards or her outfits on backwards. it looked like it was fine when she walked in, she was like, it's backwards. <laughs> I was like, is it? Because the buttons are in the front. Like, I was confused. This woman confuses me. Yeah. And she just feels like she's on a loop. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, it's supposed to look backwards. Yeah. Well, like, the, yeah, the on a loop thing really comes back at the end of this episode mm-hmm. when they're at the first night in Aspen and they're doing the Ouija board. 
And the whole thing comes up again. We're talking about Sutton and Garcelle and following Erica and then how Sutton, you know, deals with her shit. And then Diana, Diana will jump into any conversation that is remotely about Sutton and just try to hammer home this point again about how, first of all, Sutton's a horrible person. Second of all, Sutton, uh, you know, laughed at her while she was bleeding and made fun of her miscarriage and just like bullied her. And I really do. The more and more we see Diana do this same thing over and over again with Sutton, it's like, there is no correct way for Sutton to handle this woman. She Mm -hmm. doesn't want to, she doesn't want to get to a better place with her. She doesn't want to bury the hatchet with her because they've done that like three times on camera. And then every single time, the next time they're in a situation, Diana is literally like a broken record repeating the same points. And obviously it doesn't benefit the group to have people just like not speaking to each other. But for Sutton, it's like, there's no, there's nothing for her to say to Diana anymore because Diana has shown that she doesn't want to be in any kind of better place. Yeah. And I mean, Crystal said she's like enough. Like it's the same thing over and over again. And Chris Sutton has apologized countless times. And I felt sincerely apologized. And Diana just like can't let it go. And it's boring and it's repetitive. And I I can't help but think like, is Diana being told by like Rinna or Erica, like, you know, amping her up a little bit more. Like, where is this anger and everything coming from? I just don't get it. I just find her strange. Like, I just don't get her. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't get her at, on like a human level, but also I just don't, <laughs> I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the the TV show strategy in the way that, like the way she's going about things on this show in her first season Mm -hmm. doesn't really click. And I think part of it might be because she is kind of in so deep with these Fox force ladies that she's not going to ever go against Rinna. She's not going to go against Erica. She probably is going to steer clear of Kyle and Dorit. So that really only leaves her with a few options. And, you know, she and Crystal were kind of already friends when she came on the show. So she seems to kind of have, not not much interest in having an issue with Crystal. So that really only leaves Sutton and Garcelle. And I think, you know, she's tried it with Garcelle a little bit, but for whatever reason, she just is kind of left with Sutton as her only real option for conflict. And so mm-hmm. she feels like she can't just let the mouse go and actually move forward with Sutton because then she would have nothing to do. And right. as much as I... You, you know, like, I understand the the impulse that it's like, well, if this is my only storyline, I need to keep it going. But it's like, as the viewers, it's like, no, this, this storyline ended eight episodes ago. Now you're just, now you're just like recycling it in a way that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think she doesn't come after Garcelle really as much as she did before, because Garcelle is stronger than Sutton, I think. Like, Sutton just... You know, people attack her because she's reactionary. She's a little, I don't want to say she's weak, but she's not like, like she'll break down faster than Garcelle ever would. And I think that that like makes her an easy target for them. Totally. And this episode 
in that last scene, watching the way that Diana was speaking about Sutton as if she wasn't in the room, it it was it was tough to watch because it's one thing when you're saying one something to Garcelle first and you're like, well, you your friend made me feel and it's like, okay, then let's open it up to discussion because she's mm-hmm. right there. But Diana like wouldn't address the fact that Sutton was in the room. Even I think Kyle said like, okay, well, let's not talk about her. Like she's not here. And Diana is still just like, well, she's this, she's that, she's a, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, you at this point, like you're the one who looks petty and looks, you know, vindictive or like you won't let it go. And Sutton is over here like, okay, first of all, I didn't make fun of your miscarriage in the first place. But even if I did, I would have apologized for it. 10 weeks ago Mm -hmm. and we could move forward. And the fact that Sutton is being like driven to befriend Erica because Diana is so horrible to her. It's like, (laughs) damn, she's she, Diana has really done a number on her. Yeah. I mean, that was just such a shock and fucking Kyle. Let's talk about Kyle. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, Kyle's definitely stirring it up because it's like, what are you doing right now? Like, Kyle just can't help herself. She just, she really can't help herself but to overproduce and like make a scene and pot stir and like do everything like that. And the thing is like, she's very messy about it. She's not, she's not very good at it. Right. And I I think with, with some of these other women and with a lot, some housewives in general, it's very obvious to the viewer that they're the one stirring up the mess, but that doesn't mean that they're just sitting down in the group dinner and being like, Satna Garcelle, why'd you unfollow Erica on Instagram? Like, there's a way to go about it that's a little more graceful and a little bit, you know, kind of shields you from 
the messiness a little bit. And it feels like Kyle doesn't really have that strategic uh, element in mind right now. And I think that could come back to bite her at the reunion if everybody kind of like takes a step back for a second and is like, wait, okay, why? So I was mad at you, but who told me about the thing that made me mad? Oh, it was Kyle. And then who asked the question at the dinner? Oh, it was Kyle. And then like, who, who, you know, like it just feels like she's the root cause. Like, obviously there are things that the other women are doing, but she's kind of the reason that everybody is like, not in a good place and right she's not she being graceful stop. about it she's not being yeah she's not being clever about it and i think it's like come on come on now. you've been on this show for how many seasons i know and i mean and then her getting so worked up because she doesn't like the answer sutton is giving her I, i'm like what is happening it was a really crazy like end of the episode and then i mean got kathy in the mix falling asleep at one point, Garcelle was talking and she had her head back yeah. sleeping. Like, this one was like, what is going on here? And I, there you can definitely see the ripples between Kathy and Kyle. Like, you, I can feel them. Um, but, you know, Kyle's like, I never say, say things behind our people's backs. They had that whole, do you remember that? They had that whole conversation. And Kathy was like, yeah, like, we weren't raised like that. Like, why don't we bring things up to each other or something? And I'm like, what? It's telling when in her confessional, they ask her why Kathy hasn't been to her house in Aspen yet. And she's like, well, we only bought it three years ago. And Kathy can afford a hotel. And also, this is the first time I've invited her. But it just shows how far we've come that she's even here in the first place. Because, you know, we weren't good for so long. And it's like... I don't think it's the flex that you think it is that it took you both being employed on the same TV show that you're hosting a group trip on to get your sister in the house for two nights. Like that doesn't actually tell me a lot about how close you are. And I I believe they have come a long way for sure. But like her being here right now is like a work obligation. It's not because she loves you so much. I know. And she's sitting next to Garcelle. I feel like her and Garcelle are really close. They, at the homeless and not toothless uh, whole situation, like Kathy and Garcelle are always by each other. And I think that that probably really irks Kyle because as much as like, yeah, sisters have their problems, like I wouldn't, I'd be like annoyed my sister wasn't sitting by me all the time and like clearly getting close to someone else. Yeah, it does get, I get the impression that Garcelle is kind of the person in this group that Kathy has the most genuine connection with and maybe Mm -hmm. has the most in common with and i think they both in different ways are kind of can like see through the bullshit a little bit and are kind of able to laugh laugh things off a little more and like Mm -hmm. with the homeless not toothless which i mean it's hard to even say it with a straight face like they were the two most kind of they were the ones in the group that weren't that were willing to say like this is stupid and i think that says a lot that it's like beverly hills more than any other franchise i think has such kind of like an artifice about it and like people are putting up fronts and like Mm -hmm. not letting 
certain sides of themselves on camera. Like, and that's the thing, like with Dorit, like she's so self-serious. She's bringing, you know, she's like, guys, this is really important charity. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure they do good work, but like, we're laughing at something right now because it's like objectively silly. And I think the fact that Kathy and Garcelle are both able to kind of embrace that First of all, as a as a viewer, it's really fun to watch. But I think for the other women in the group, it probably makes them a little uncomfortable that it's like, right. oh, no, no, like, we're filming this scene right now. And Kathy's asleep with her iPad, like slouched on her chest. Like, <laughs> she's she's letting herself just look sloppy. And it's like, yeah, because yeah. she doesn't give a fuck about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'll I'll clock in in a minute. Like, let me just take a snooze. Um and then Diana calling Sutton a see you next Tuesday. Just say it. You can say kind. it. <laughs> um, and then just like doubling down on it. I was like, and it felt like a t- torpedo. Like it felt like so much was happening. Like people were comforting Sutton. And, but then Diana was leaving and she was putting on her jacket. And she's like, I got to get out of here. It's like, then fucking leave. Like, I, I don't understand this woman. And I, Sorry to be repetitive. I just like there's something about her that I'm just like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. I think even more that felt really it just felt unnecessary. And like, I mean, unlike Garcelle and some of these women, uh, like, I don't care about that word. Like, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's like the worst possible thing you can say to somebody else. But the thing is, you know, that Sutton does feel that way you know that Mm -hmm. she does probably think it's a a vile word and the worst thing you can call someone and she clearly you know erica called said it to her like at this point five six months ago and she still has been kind of stewing about it and still clearly has resentment for the other women for not calling her out or sticking up for her in that moment or afterward and so for diana to just kind of like hurl it back at her with with interest, honestly, worse than it was in the first place. It's like mm-hmm. n- now, n- so you're f- still claiming that this woman was like bullying you over your miscarriage, which I think all of us agree that that is a pretty misrepresentation of what happened. But like now you're the one who's like you're straight up just it. insulting her. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're doing it to cause her. Like there's no, even if she's like, chuckling to herself as she licks her lips while she's saying it like there's you know that Sutton is going to take that in a really hurtful way and so it's like there's no reason for you to do it unless you want to hurt her and I think that's the thing with Diana that it's like it feels like she she thinks she has this higher ground of like well I had the miscarriage and then you were saying the thing so I'm just right like you're the mean one I'm the hurt I'm the broken one and that's how it is. And it's like, no, the the sands shift faster than that. Like that you maybe had, maybe you got one episode out of that. Like maybe, maybe we felt like you were the victim for like five minutes, but like mm-hmm. we're, we've watched half a season since then and things have changed a lot and you have not looked good the way that things have unfolded. Mm-hmm. And Erica's like cackle during it. Like, and I'm excited right. for next week because I'm excited to see Crystal starting to get back in the mix. I feel like she kind of has stayed pretty quiet, especially given, I mean, understandably so, the women are questioning the way she handles her eating disorder, which is so disgusting. 
But I'm happy to see that she kind of jumps back in and is like talking about Erica and like getting involved in that way. And I mean, she really seems to send Erica into like a tailspin. And I can't wait. Well, we got to talk about those earrings. We got to talk about, you know, there's a (laughs) lot of there's a lot of stuff. And I think are the gains ill gotten? Like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, right. Like, we haven't spent very much time this season talking about all of Erica's shit. We basically left that in the past. And Erica, you know, at the beginning of the season was on her, you know, misinformation campaign about saying that her name was cleared and everything was done and whatever, which Mm -hmm. is just like, uh, you want to call somebody a liar. I mean, that's literally not true. But (laughs) we, we really, honestly, I feel like Erica, aside from questioning her drinking and stuff, has really gotten a pretty free pass this season. And so... I am I'm excited that it is sort of coming back around and also I'm excited that it's not Sutton who's kind of bearing the burden of talking about it this season because yeah. I don't I don't think it benefits the show to only have one person who's willing to ask the tough questions and I love that for Crystal. I love that she's kind of stepping up into that role and leading into the reunion. I want some updates on what's happening cuz you know there's still a lot of stuff flying around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Erica has kind of gotten a couple little victories but is still facing a ton of stuff and like i you know i think we should still be talking about it i so, know and then i'm, I'm you ready know, the reno- i'm ready i'm ready and like i'm excited because you know i think i, I think this reunion is going to be a four-parter i do damn i mean if everyone shows up which fingers crossed <laughs> you don't you who do you think won't come well, okay, so for a long time, people were like, do we think Diana's going to go? She has said she's going. Yes, she'll be there. Okay. But now, I feel like the last week or so, it's like, is Lisa Rinna going to go? She's been, like, deleting Beverly Hills stuff from her Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's been, she said she's not going to talk about the show on social media anymore. And she really does seem, like, over it in a way that I don't think we've seen from her before. But at the same time, I also don't trust her as far as I could throw her. So I fully, I fully believe that she could be doing this all to just kind of like make noise and then is going to sit down in that reunion chair and, you know, pretend like it never happened. So yeah, I, I, I am, I'm like cautiously excited for the reunion, but also with the knowledge that it could be like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm ready because I feel like this group is really fractured. Like, and I feel like Dorit sees where the other women are going wrong when it comes to treating Garcelle a certain way or Sutton a certain way. Because I think, I think Dorit really likes Garcelle, and I think Dorit's mm. actually a good person. And I can see in a way maybe next season she kind of shifts away from like the Rinna and the Erica and the Kyle. Um, I don't know. I feel like this group is just, they're on shaky ground. I know, but either way, I'm excited to see what happens. Thrilled. Oh, so excited. And I'm always excited to have you here, Sam, to break it all down with me. Thank you so much for stopping by. Tell everyone where they can follow you and all that stuff before we go. (laughs) Um, for Bravo Thoughts, you can follow me at Bravo Historian. And then I just started at Betches, um, helping with the Betches Brides account. So you can definitely follow that. And yeah. 
amazing thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen you can follow us on instagram at probably betches and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool mention it all is produced by dylan hafer sean kilby jorge morales pico and rebecca sousmacat editing by jorge morales pico Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.